Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Hear Our Voices. This is your host, Kay Did, and we have today, our guest is Jessica. She's going to tell you a little bit about herself and things she does for the homeless community and also a little bit about herself and what she has gone through with her life experience. So also, before I get into that, make sure you follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. If you want to follow me, Kay Did Davis, on Instagram and on Twitter, you might find me other places if you Google, you know, try hard enough <laughs> and That'll be all for right now, guys. Sit back and relax and enjoy the series. So, hi, Jessica. How are you doing today? I am good. How are you? I'm good. So, I want you to tell me a little bit about yourself and the journey that you um, are on right now. Well, was on before, I should say, it's past tense. So, can you tell me a little bit about that right now, please? Sure. I mean, it's still ongoing, right? Because it, it never really stops. Right. Um, but it started in 2019 when I found myself facing eviction. Um, so I went to my local HRA to like apply for, you know, for help. Um, I was able to apply for a voucher. At that time, I was pregnant with my firstborn son. Um, it took a couple of months of like really fighting back and forth. Um, to finally get the approval from the city to get the voucher itself um, and to get the shopping letter. Um, and then once I got the shopping letter, I found myself in a place where I didn't know what to do, what to expect, or where to even find housing because all I was given was this piece of paper stating that I had a FEPS voucher, right? Right. Um, and FEPS vouchers are for people that are facing eviction, right? Um, and are in the court process. So I found myself in that place. Um, I would call landlords, I would call so many brokers. At that time, uh, they were like really blatant about their discrimination, right? It wasn't like now that they've become a bit more sophisticated with their techniques and their language before. <laughs> And it was like, no, we don't accept that. Oh, you have kids? No, we don't accept that either. So um, <laughs> I don't know. I must have called, like, I'm going to say within, like, the summer of 2019, I probably called, like, 50, 50 management companies, brokers, landlords. They've all pretty much said no to me. Um, I've reached out to 311, and um, that was not really positive because, like, my reports didn't go anywhere. I, I couldn't get in touch with anybody. Right. Um, and then I started Googling like vouchers, discrimination. I came across this like housing survey on Facebook. Mm -hmm. This organization at that time called Landlord Watch, now known Unlock NYC, which is who I work for, um, was dealing for voucher holders about their process like their housing search process so I was really interested because like anything that involved that I'm like wow anybody's interested in this like I was really surprised because it's really not much resources for people like us out there right right well, I filled out the survey um the ladies got back to me from the team um they reached out to me they asked me to come and test out this really new cool tool that they were creating um in which by the way, Unlock NYC creates tools for New Yorkers that have vouchers um, that assist them in their housing search. Um, these tools 
basically you can use them to report um, voucher discrimination or record conversations as well. And then you can file a report um, with CCHR, um, which is the Commission on Human Rights of New York. Okay. Um, so from that moment, they asked me to come in, test out the tools. Um, the kind of like the rest was kind of history. Like I kind of like <laughs> <laughs> stood around, um, became very involved in the work, not only because it involved what I was going through, but because I was seeing the dire much the dire like much dire need that it had at that moment and, and still does. Um, okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I definitely need to get like that information out because a lot of people need that a lot of people are discriminating. Like before, when I was pregnant, this is like 2000 and my daughter 2015 when I got pregnant with myself. And I, at the time I didn't even have a voucher, but I really wanted a voucher of like, cause I was on bed rest, but I couldn't even be on proper bed rest because I'm like, I'm about to be homeless. I'm about to be homeless. So I had to just kind of do the legwork, be on the phone. And um, I asked people, do you take vouchers? Everybody I called. No, no, no. So it's like even before 2019, like it's always just been a problem <laughs> and people just don't care. I asked them, do you take vouchers? No, my job I have one to give them. I'm like, if I did have one, can you help me out? And everybody I called. No, I got um, a piece of paper from Canva and most of them, some of them were honestly outdated when you called them, the numbers are not even connected in the first place, but they give you this stack of paper. You're supposed to call this number, these numbers and see if who can help you. And half of them on the paper, if they when it did work, they can't help you. So like you gave me this paper, say they can help me when I get there or talk to them. They're not willing to do anything. So it's kind of sad, but I'm happy that they have this unlock program where really kind of helps people and really makes a different people's lives. It's incredible to be honest. It is, you know. Um, I went through a lot. I mean, I still go through a lot because between let's say from the time let's say I met the unlock team now. I started volunteering. Now I'm, you know, I'm working as I, I lead communication. So I work with voucher holders and I work with organizations that assist voucher holders. I, you know, I help them how to like use the tools. I host monthly workshops so that users can learn how to use the tools and also learn their rights and how to exercise them. But, you know, I had a lot of issues with HRA and Canva along the way. Like I still do. Um, I don't understand how Canva can just issue people pieces of paper and not provide like proper information. That same right. paper talking about, I got it. Right. Or like they that list of brokers that no longer were even like available like, <laughs> from 10 years ago. I got it. Um, when, when I would tell my case manager, like, hey, like, how am I supposed to find this, like an apartment if like most of the places I'm calling refuse to take it right like oh well I know what to tell you like I feel like if you're handling right if you have a case manager and you're handling a client and your clients are telling you these things like these are things that should matter to you I just I don't understand why the city gives a program that just doesn't work and this is just personal opinion this doesn't mean if this comes from an organization or for anyone else I don't believe vouchers work and in order for vouchers to completely work, the city has to enforce SOI law, which means they can't allow landlords and brokers to get away with discrimination. Right. Um, they have to speed up the process of, you know, paperwork, you know, 
with HRA, with Canva, with inspections, with the moving, with the keys, with the checks. The reality is that nobody wants to wait months exactly. before they checks. Because guess what? People are already moving in with a stigma because they receive government assistance, right? Right, exactly. You're creating like a, like a, this like barrier between the landlord and like the tenant. That puts that, like that puts a tenant in a worse situation with the landlord, right? And then talk about the policies that come after you have the voucher, right? Where you can't even reach your case manager, where if if you start working, you're scared that you might go over the benefit line where you don't even know who to reach out to when you do have to make payment if you are working. Like when... For example, I don't know if you know, in your case, if you have city FAPs, I don't know if city FAPs works this way with FAPs. I never had, I didn't get city FAPs either. They would even, oh oh my gosh, I got to tell you, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I (laughs) went through the, all right, I was living at this lady house. She was very horrible. She tried to lock me out the apartment with my daughter inside. It was just a a mess. And I was like, this is unsafe. I tried to get, I was going to get the cops involved, but I knew her through somebody else and I didn't want to get like, you know, in her in trouble with that. So I was like, you know what? I was like, can you evict me? At first she didn't want to do it. Then mm-hmm. she finally evicted me, and I was like, "Thank you," because before the year before, I asked um, Path because they denied me several times. They said the only way to get in is with an eviction letter, right? Mm-hmm. So I got evicted. Went to the shelter. They said, "Oh, because I didn't owe her any money for rent because I was paying my rent on time, right?" So yeah. she said, "I didn't owe any money. All I have is eviction. I didn't qualify." I was automatically taken out because I didn't qualify because I didn't owe her any money. So it's better if I owe her a lot of money. And then got evicted. Like you want me to do two things wrong just to get help. Oh, that's a side note. I'm sorry. It, 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 but, you, but you know, if you would have gone to Canva, you wouldn't qualify because you wouldn't qualify based on the amount of people in your apartment. Wow. Because because there were too many. How many is it? Too. There's only a certain amount of heartbeats per room. The apartment would have been overcrowded. So you would have qualified. Bedroom with four people. Yeah, you would have qualified for that. That's oh. what I'm saying. I feel like. There's so many rules, right, with each right. organization, but there's no communication. But yeah. each of these organizations, which, which, for example, Canva is a third-party vendor that obviously processes these cases for for HRA, right. like, they have their own set of rules, but it's like, why does everybody have their own set of rules? Like, they all should, like, communicate and, like, yeah. I and let, put them on, like, it's crazy. I feel like I find out more information from Facebook groups than from actual case maps. <laughs> it's sad. Or That's like the so actual websites. It's really That's, sad. It's really sad. Oh my gosh. So yeah. you you said you got an eviction, right? To come out of your apartment. Did they yes. judge give you a certain amount of time to come out while you were looking? Because you said you was looking for a while to get an apartment, but you couldn't find one. How did that work yes. out for you? Oh, no, my judge. So, okay, I had applied in January of 2019. Yes. I did not get approved until April of 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. I was evicted on July 10, 2019. Oh, wow. Judge gave me April, May, June, three months and 10 days. So he gave me a hundred days. He gave me three months. I had a newborn son yeah. at that time. Oh man. So this whole notion of like, oh, like tenants are put first. 
that is a bull in three months. Wow. Yeah. With a new and my partner. Um, and then from there, we went to stay with my mother until we moved. We found the apartment that we're in now. Um, and that took us a process of approximately nine months. That's a long time. Nine months before I found a place that would accept my voucher. Um, and it took five months to move me to move in before Canva and HPD processed my paperwork and process the paperwork for the inspection. Yeah. So we're seeing in total like almost like over a year for That's crazy. A, basically an average family to move into an apartment with a voucher. Now we were very lucky that we were able to temporarily stay with our, with my mom, you know? But now think about the 60,000 plus families in these shelters, right? The majority of people in these shelters are families. I will never discount the single woman and single men because there are a lot. Right. But there are, is that there are a lot of children, okay? So what about these children? What about these children that on a daily basis go to public schools and then have to head home to a shelter because they don't have an apartment because right. they have a voucher but guess what? The voucher doesn't work. Exactly. No? It's just weird to me. I don't feel like we should say push on these vouchers to landlords, but to be honest, a lot of landlords are losing a lot of, a lot of money in general because they they have a lot of vacancies, but they don't want to take voucher holders in, to be honest. I mean, it's and guaranteed. Yeah. I don't see why you want to wouldn't want to. I mean, listen, FEPS recently got the increase. Exactly. They February. City FEPS got the increase as well last year, right? After, um, you know, that big push um, from a lot of organizers, including Neighbors Together, one of our partners that we worked with at Unlock, and a lot of other grassroots organizations that work with the homeless. Um, what else? Who else is there? Yeah. <laughs> but like, the thing is, it's like, Oh, and now the emerging housing, the emergency housing voucher, that's also new. It's been approved. And that's also marketed, if not even higher than Section 8. So before it was okay, the voucher was still low. All right, fine. Right. Now it's a bit higher. So, you know, now the issue with landlords, and, and this I could agree with landlords on, I will agree on one thing though, is that the bureaucratic process of a tenant finding an apartment, right? And then going to a case manager and telling them, hey, I found an apartment. What do I do next is a nightmare because I constantly hear from users that I work with. Hey, I found an apartment, but I can't reach my case manager. I haven't been able to reach her for weeks and I'm scared I'm gonna lose this apartment. Yeah. So really hard because not only have you have to face all this discrimination, you finally found a place, and a landlord wants to work with you, but you don't have any help from, you know, your case manager. So right. how are you able, like, it's like almost mission impossible to like, <laughs> like, it's like you have to be really on it. Cause if you're not on it, you're not going to find a place. Um, and that shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that because not everybody's going to be on it. You know, listen, we all come from different backgrounds. 
we're all on different journeys. We're all going through different things in life. And some people need more help than others. And that's okay. You know, if you need more help, that's okay. So it shouldn't be that only the people that are like are on it, only the people that know the rights should get their apartments. No, there should be units for everybody. That's true. Um, yeah. Definitely true. I have a question because you said you went with your mom after. Yeah. You didn't think of going to PATH and even getting like, because I know they help families pay for rent and like if they didn't even their family's home. You didn't think of doing that or you thought it's just like, I don't want to go show to have my mom here. That's going to be my safe haven for right now. HRA was helping us with shelter pay. Okay. Yeah. That's not bad. So no. if you ever know, guys, if um, even I live in Niger, you, yeah. I don't qualify anymore, but I did qualify. I used to get shelter pay. It's not that much money. With my daughter and I, it's only like 283 <laughs> But um, when your family is bigger, they do give you more money. And I, it does. I'm going to put this out there. A lot of people think that, I don't know how people, some people do it, but you cannot live off of welfare money. The money, no. the cash that they give you is not a lot. The money they give you for shelter, as I told you, for me and my daughter, $283. No rent in New York City, unless you live in public housing, is $283 a month. So yeah. food stamps, it went up with the pandemic. Um, <laughs> but the way things are expensive in New York, you really can't, maybe in, a, maybe in Florida, in the backwoods, or Mississippi, or Alabama, like those kind of places where it's not that income is very, very low, and you know, things like that. But in New York City, you cannot, I repeat, you cannot live off of welfare. People think that we really out here just not working, living on welfare. No, I have a job and still was on welfare, and I made like a, a little sense over it and they cut me off. So just get that out of your brain. You cannot live off of welfare in New York City. It's impossible to live off. <laughs> There is no such thing as living off of welfare. Like, it's just that doesn't, yeah. Like, exactly. You know, they, so, there's this where people think that, but no, that doesn't work like that yet. It definitely is. It's so annoying. People like, yeah, people are just living off of welfare. Where? Who? I haven't seen it. And the government can get help, let's just say, you know what I mean? Like, the most that they'll issue you is like EBT, but when it comes to cash, People are not receiving money like that. Like that doesn't like I don't you know I don't know anyone like that. That doesn't happen like that. So and to be honest with you, like I feel everyone should have be entitled to EBT, especially in New York City. Like you yes. know because the income levels, like salaries are like wages are having gone up, inflation is up, exactly. and like think about it, anything below sixty thousand is considered low income in New York. Exactly. I feel like. Like lower income and middle class should get EBT. Anything below a thousand, hundred thousand, she get EBT in New York. Exactly. And it's sad. It's really sad. Like, I think people who don't live here, they don't understand. (laughs) They really don't understand how expensive it is to live here. Just to breathe the air at this point is expensive to live in New York. So it's like, come on. It really is. Like, I mean, daycare to rent, school, food, clothes, car, insurance, everything. And if you don't have a car, which gas prices are through the roof, you have to still go through the MTA, which is not that great. Between the delays, people get pushed on yeah. the train, getting slashed on the train. The buses are crazy. The buses are delayed. You honestly don't want to leave your house. Stay <laughs> in your you house or, or walk. Exactly. If you live that close. 
like yeah. most people don't live close to their job you know so yeah. it's like it's a whole struggle of things that is really a problem and I just don't understand so I have a, another thing um with you living with your mom and having like you said you had HRA and all these things did they give you a hassle to get it to get your benefits and things like that or was it kind of a smooth sailing thing I know after like a certain amount of months they try to do recertification if you're working they give you these problems things like that how did that work out for you well at that time like when because I've been I've been working with online but it was most of my work has been volunteer based so it wasn't okay. like paid ways you know paid wise um um and in regards to living with my mom like they knew that I was living with my mom but like it, I mean her income is has nothing to do with mine you know <laughs> like I was in depending right. on her like I the thing is like it's as long as you don't file taxes together then that shouldn't be an issue right right uh, um in, in terms of benefits like I've never had issue like with them issuing it I always had issue with just them like staying on top of it like there's always issues like with like recertification right. or like them issuing like I don't know putting in the wrong code in the system or them like they closed my case accidentally in December um <laughs> Things like that for that notion, but never like they wouldn't give me the benefits. But then again, I wasn't, I wasn't working like that. You know, it's more volunteer based. You know what's annoying to me? Yeah. Like if a person, all right, say they close their case one time. Yeah. But it shouldn't be like an ongoing thing. I had um welfare for a long time, more than mm -hmm. I want to admit that I had it to be over. Like over ten years, I've had it mm -hmm. because I've never was able. Mind you, I'm, I have a college degree. Mm -hmm. I have a bachelor's degree, but it's very hard for me to get a full-time job. And I've applied to them. It's not like I haven't applied to them. I haven't applied mm -hmm. to them. <clears throat> I have applied to them, but I haven't gotten it. So it's like to live in New York, I have to have part-time plus be on welfare. And then I have a child. So it's like yeah. that also. And then I have to think about when I got older with my kid, because I village college, I want to say middle 20s. So it's like, you know, that kind of worked out. And I was away at school. So I wasn't on it. Like when I was at school, I kind of had it. Then I only had food stamps, but I didn't have the rest of it. So it was like, you know, I was off and on on different things. But um, I had to do both. And with a child, you just can't leave a kid with anybody. Some people do. I personally don't. <laughs> so I certain jobs I couldn't do because I have my job. So it's just an ongoing thing. And it's like one minute, mind you, at this point, I've been living at NYCHA 2018. Mm -hmm. So HRA has closed my account several times after I give them paperwork. One time is okay. Two times, but three, four, five times? Nah. Something is happening. <laughs> it can't be a mistake every single time. It cannot be a mistake every single time. It doesn't make any sense. So something is really fishy going on over at these centers. It doesn't make any sense. Something is disconnecting. I don't understand. I also feel that they're understaffed, right? Right. So they may not have the proper staffing. Um, I also feel that they lack a lot of technology that can make their jobs easier. Definitely. They're very tech efficiency for a very big organization that handles millions of cases of New Yorkers, which is kind of surprising, right? You would think there would be more. Have you been on their app though, by the way? No, I have the um, Access HRA, I have. I'm surprised they have that app. It came out a couple of years ago. I've been, as I said, I've been on it for over 10 years. So I, I've seen them progress <laughs> for what they are. I, I realize a lot of governmental things are always behind in technology. 
God's like, what? this is to buy technology. Like, example, the IRS. Before oh that happened, they were behind with their computers. The computers are over 20 years old. That's a problem for me. <laughs> you handle my money and your, your equipment that you're using is over this. I have laptops that lasted less than that. So I'm very confused on how you can use equipment from like the 90s. But whatever, a little bit after that. It doesn't make any sense. I work at a college. They say they haven't got new laptops in years. In years. And college make money because tuition is so high. That's a city college. Mm -hmm. So a lot of government stuff, they're always, technology is always behind the rest of the world, which I don't understand because you're making so much money from other entities. Like, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. To, well, I don't know. I digress. I'm sorry. It's no. I, I agree. It makes no sense to me when I look at these government websites. Like you said, the IRS, like all they have is that, that little IRS tracker. You know what I'm talking about? That looks like the Domino's tracker when it tells you your refund has been accepted. Your refund. Right. Has been yeah. I'm like, really, guys? This is like from like 2001. But with HRA, like I feel like they should invest more into the technology. It would probably make the lives of their case managers that are so like overwhelmed by so many clients much easier um i'm sure they have a budget for it they have the money right um, about allocating those funds to to the proper resources but i you're right about government they're always so behind on technology i don't i don't understand why it always. doesn't make any sense it doesn't i would think that if technology is so if it thinks so how easy to get hacked easy to for you i just think it's just so many negative to have old things people have new iphones sure people iphones are better than these computers that they have so i don't i don't understand the labor yeah. person have a better device than you, you have it doesn't make sense all of their apps example wake um i had worked for my daughter and i have it for my foster daughter since mind you i haven't used wake in probably two three years that app has not updated either i'm happy no. they have a wake card the most i think some not all states have wake cards some do no, they so I'm happy they updated, but it's like your your app looks less than Facebook. So I, Facebook been out for years. It doesn't. So what tool is not making for? It doesn't make sense. You know what it is. You know why it's embarrassing because I feel like they're trying to say that people that are on benefits are too stupid to understand technology. That's what they're telling you. It could right? be, and it only be. people with money can understand apps. But people that are low income and are in social programs, well, who cares about them, right? Why, right. why should money on technology? They're too dumb to even understand that. Lies, because that's completely lie. If anything, we right. we spend money on apps. You know, if you go We spend to, a lot of money. <laughs> we spend a lot of money on apps. We want technology and we want our lives to be easier. Um, I just feel like it's sad that they don't feel like they should invest at least in that sense to make people's lives and like the, the accessibility of their benefits much faster you know onto their phones right like you said wick i have wick and you're right their their website is horrible like it reminds me of like those websites like those remember those aol websites people would create like yes it reminds me of that it's so cringy <laughs> i went to the other day and i to see like my balance because i couldn't get through on the phone Oh my god, it was just horrible. Like I was just like, I'm just gonna go to the store. Like they'll print the receipt for me and tell me instead. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't get it. 
I really just don't understand and comprehend how it's okay for this to be happening. I'm not saying that we need the state of the yard stuff, but even when HRA just came out with access to HRA, when it goes, a lot of people, the problem also training is just off because they had the mm -hmm. app and the people, the employees didn't know how to go in the system to look for the app stuff. Because apparently it's not connected. I don't know if it's now, if it's different. It's not connected the same way. Like how, like if you go in the office itself and they put things in, it's not in the same kind of files. So first okay. of all, I, I gave this in. I said, he said, no, you didn't. I'm like, what are you talking about? I gave it in. I said, no, you didn't. I'm like, I put it into the app. So I know I gave it in. I have, like, I can, look, I can show you on the app where I did it. It said, oh, it's on the app. Um, How long did you put it in? Because first of all, if you put it in the app, I feel like it should up upload on the end automatically. They say it take a couple of days. I don't know how true that is, if they lie to me or not, but that's what they say. So when they get it, they have to look somewhere else to get it. I would think if you're a worker, if a person said they handed it in, take a benefit of the doubt and look everywhere you know it possibly could be to be put in there. So it doesn't, I, don't, I just don't get it. I don't know. You know, I, I think you're right because I don't, I don't think they even have any, I don't know if they have any form of system that HRA, they should probably do some internal training. I don't know how it would work. It would, it, I mean, I feel like I'm all for internal trainings to, you know, to help employees like, you know, better at their jobs. Right. But I, you know, I, I had like a funny, interesting conversation with a worker yesterday because he's asking me about my case. Like he calls me, he's asking about my case. 7 p.m., right? My wow. name. I know. So I'm like, all right, what's up? And he's asking me all these questions. And I'm like, um, sir, like by any chance, like, do you like take notes of this? Like, is it on the system? They're like, uh, and he's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure somebody takes notes. Wow. And I was so mortified. I was like, so you're telling me like nobody takes notes? Like you have all these clients in the database and like you talk to people and like no one notes things in the system, like like, I was, I don't, I don't know. It's such a disorganized way of handling people and handling benefits. I, I don't understand it. I, and I understand people's frustration with HRA. I get it. Like, I never understood it before until I went through the system. Now I get it. I get it 100%. So I have another thing. Because I, I, I don't know if you know, I do a YouTube channel. So a lot of people ask me about Fabs and City Fabs. And then you have your voucher holder. And... Mm -hmm. um, I just want to know the steps because one, like I have interviewed people who are, you know, FEPS, people who work on the other side, but okay. I feel like I don't do as much interviews with people who actually have the voucher itself. Cause I feel like this is all right. Is their way of doing it, but it's the actual way it's happening, you know, cause it's, everybody have the rules of things happening, but it doesn't happen that way when it actually comes out to the product, you know? So okay. people always ask me, what, like, what am I waiting for, this and that? So I want you to explain it to people. So like I always tell them myself, and I, I want to know, um, what's the steps when you do a city FEPS or FEPS um, voucher? What's the, how does it go? How does it go for the person who's getting it, point of view? What do you might have to, you think you have to put in? What's a good thing people should know to do? Well, with city FEPS, you have to know that you apply for that usually within a week when you're at a voucher. And your case manager will help you out with that, right? Um, and with FEPS, you usually once, let's say, you are in the process of not even like eviction. Okay, so when I receive a 30 days notice, I went to court. I went to my first court hearing um, 
I went to HRA. Um, I asked them like, you know, what were my options? Um, I had no idea what a voucher was, let's just say, right? Never had any experience with it. They explained to me like, you know, I qualify. Hey guys, thank you for listening this far. So we're gonna get into the juicier details about how city theft really work for people. For getting from a person who actually went through the process. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. I know it cut off kind of, you know, wonky, but you'll get the rest of the information in next week's episode. Thank you for coming back and follow us on all our social media platforms. And I'll see you next time. Bye.